Welcome to TD Garden, everybody. My name is Mike Petralia, joined by Bruins expert writer for WEEI.com, DJ Bean. DJ, another win for the Bruins on Thursday night. 3-0 over the defending Stanley Cup champion Chicago Blackhawks. Of course, the first time these two teams have met in this building since infamous game number six, where the Bruins allowed two goals in the final 70 seconds to allow the Chicago Blackhawks to celebrate on this very ice behind us. But tonight, a different story, and the Bruins look certainly uh, revitalized and energized against this uh, Chicago Blackhawks team. First of all, Tuka Rask, he was sensational in net, his seventh shutout of the season. Yeah, I mean, you're just waiting for these guys to kind of throw a clunker in this stretch. I know that right. it's not a winning streak anymore because it's a... A point point streak, streak at this right. point, I suppose. But, I mean, even against the Canadians, they didn't play too poorly. They've had some clunkers along the way there. But really, against good teams, they continue to show up. Really, for me, this was, this was probably the worst Bruins-Blackhawks game we've seen going back to the Stanley Cup Finals last season just because the Blackhawks had such a bad second period. And you usually don't see a bad period from any of these teams when they play each other because it's such good hockey. But, yeah, I mean, the Bruins keep plugging along. Patrice Bergeron continues to play out of his mind. Tuka Rask uh, today... You know, he maybe faced a little, some challenges early on in the game, but I look at tonight and it's like the hockey gods are repaying him for him kind of being snubbed over the last few years with right. Vesna consideration. And now, like, he gets like a, he's gotten some freebie shutouts tonight. He leads the league with seven. The next guy is there, there are a few tied with five, but his stats right now, top three in the league and everything. You think that he's maybe the Vesna favorite at this point. Everything's going right for the Bruins. You were in the press room, uh, DJ. Uh, obviously, you asked uh, Claude Julien about Tuka Rask, and he provided that insight that you just mentioned. The other thing I thought interesting from Claude postgame was the fact that the Bruins really made in-game adjustments, especially in the first, after the first 10 minutes of this game, where the Blackhawks were, as he would say, strong on the puck. The Bruins, not so much. And then the Bruins really picked up their game, both physically, and they were able to really control the Blackhawks' speed. Right. I mean, it was also just a possession game for the Bruins and you watch the Blackhawks in the second period once the Bruins kind of started going at them the Bruins were forcing more turnovers the Blackhawks were sloppy getting the puck out of their zone uh, the second period especially they couldn't get the puck out of their zone they'd get into the neutral zone they'd turn it over there I don't remember how they played in the offensive zone because they weren't really there much until the end of the, the period. They ended up out shooting the Bruins. They put up, what, 28 shots on Tuka Rask. But really, aside from early on that game, like I, I asked Claude about it after the game, as you mentioned, and he mentioned the chances that the Blackhawks had early in the game. And were it not for me maybe checking my notes, I would have forgotten that the Blackhawks had any real stretch in that game where they were putting much pressure on Tuka Rask. The Bruins pretty much pushed the, their style of play on the Blackhawks and dictated tonight's game. Obviously, this is the Blackhawks without Patrick Kane. It's a different look team than they're used to seeing from Chicago. But, I mean, these are two teams that I would expect to get back to the Stanley Cup Finals if all goes well. You can't, you, you, you can't account for injuries and things that are going to happen down the road. But, I mean, these are the two best teams in the NHL in my mind. And as I said, it was probably the worst game we've seen from these two teams just because the Blackhawks didn't really have it tonight. I asked Corey Crawford, I was in their room after the game, if he, if this kind of game tonight made him think back to the Stanley Cup Finals, and he said, I'm not worried about the Bruins. I'm not even worried about last year's Stanley Cup Finals. It doesn't matter to us. It's totally irrelevant. Do you buy that? Uh, yes and no. Like, I, I think that peop that when you're a team that's won two Stanley Cups in such a short time span, you're focused on the task at hand and you're good at looking ahead because otherwise you would have seen the Blackhawks still celebrating that Stanley Cup years later and the Bruins are a good team also at, at turning the page in that regard for Crawford I 
I know that he's won a Stanley Cup, but I think that he's a guy who still maybe might have something to prove. He's won the Stanley Cup. He's got he's got his contract. But I, as I look at these two teams, the biggest difference between the Bruins and the Blackhawks, and obviously they're considered to play very similar styles, Blackhawks move the puck better on their back end in the Bruins have far superior goaltending. I think those are the two differences between these teams right now. All right, you were in the uh, Bruins dressing room after the game. Zdeno Chara, the captain of the Bruins, some interesting comments about how he may or may not be used down the stretch and whether or not he expects to be rested to, you know, at his age, uh, I believe it's 37, 37 now. just turned it, yeah. Just turned 37. Do the Bruins give him some days off, some games off, and and how will he accept that? Well, I think that they do because it's not like he has a perfect season attendance-wise uh, like a guy like Jerome McGinley does. Jerome McGinley has years and years now where he hasn't missed a game due to injury. The only game he's missed over the last like seven years or something was when he was traded and the Penguins were playing a game the night he was traded or something like that. So a guy like McGinley, maybe that's a tougher call to sit him out, but... When it comes to uh, Zdeno Chara, he's already missed a couple games due to injury. He's already missed a couple games due to going to the Olympics early. I think that with him, there's an understanding on his part that if the team feels it's best for him to sit out a couple games, then I think that he's enough of a team guy that he'll be okay with that. Now, Chara probably will never be the type of guy who's going to go up to Claude Julien and say, you know, the third period, I was kind of feeling it late in in that game, and I, I think I ought to take the next couple of games off. I just don't think that's right. Dano Char, and he, he's been a maniac. Read Google Dano Char, read any story about him, read any feature on him. He's been a maniac training-wise since he was 13, and his father would have him run up and down apartment buildings. And All you have to say things. is Himalayas. Right. I mean, right. he's he is the ultimate workout warrior, trainer type, whatever you want to call it. So he's not going to be asking to come out of games, but I think he understands, especially now that last year – Probably the biggest reason they lost, aside from Patrice Bergeron, you could even say it's just as big a reason, was, was that Zdeno Chara was playing through a very bad hip flexor injury late in that series. Game four, when Jonathan Taves came out after that game and said, we can go after this guy, we can expose him. That was the moment that the Blackhawks realized something's wrong with Chara. And, I mean, even on Bickle's game-tying goal in game six, you saw just how much pain he was in. And I think the Chara appreciates that as... Serious as he takes every single thing he does in life, a regular season game, if he misses it, isn't the end of the world if it gives him even a corpuscle of a chance of being healthier towards the back end of the postseason. All right, the Bruins uh, wrap up a 3-0 win here over the Chicago Blackhawks on Thursday night at TD Garden. They are the first team, DJ, as you know, to 50 wins. They pass for the time being the St. Louis Blues uh, in the President's Trophy race for the most points in the NHL, 106-105 to again for the time being. And the Bruins can uh, clinch their first Atlantic Division title uh, with another win or a Tampa Bay loss. You think they do? I, 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 I think it's pretty much 99.9% odds. We're not looking at the 2011 Red Sox. Did you, did, you see the, did you see the lightning in, the, in that shootout against the Islanders? They I were, did not. They were pretty convincing. I think they've got it. Yeah, I, th- I think the Bruins have it all wrapped up. Uh, certainly, and also, we'd be remiss, DJ, an emotional night here at TD Garden as the color guard of the Boston Fire Department performed the national anthem. Of course, remembering the late Ed Walsh and Michael Kennedy, both of whom 
perished in that tragic uh, Wednesday fire on Beacon Street. Uh, the Bruins, uh, in a tribute to them, and Claude Julien also made reference to this after the game, wore baseball caps in their pregame skate, and some of the players even handed them out to the fans. A first-class gesture indeed by the Boston Bruins. He is DJ Bean. I'm Mike Petralia, TD Garden for WEEI.com.